0: Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, the man who oversaw the most successful run in women's university basketball history in Canada, Tom Kendall, coach of the Westman in the early 90s, that 88-game win streak. He joins the sports show. As well, we'll check it on the Winnipeg Ringette League's All-Star Weekend coming up. And the power parlay, we finally got it right. But man, the torture, gambling, why do we do it? That's all on the podcast. And the guest of honor for this year's Westman Classic is Tom Kendall, coached the team during their 88 straight win streak back in the '90s. And Tom joins us now on the CGOB Sports Show. Tom, how are you doing tonight?
1: Hi there, Christian.
0: So, how does it feel to be back in Winnipeg?
1: <laughs> I'd forgotten how cold it was, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's uh, it's great to be back. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and seeing a lot of the athletes that we coached in the nineties. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a good occasion.
0: What do you, do you still think about those days, the the glory days of the West Bend back in the nineties since you left?
1: Well, I think the important thing is I'm still in contact with, with most of the athletes that played on those teams. Uh, you know, we, um, we're in communication most of the time and, um, and we're very close with uh, with many of them, and that's that's really what happens when you have uh, those kind of teams. It it um, you, you build a uh, you build a relationship that never goes away.
0: Do you get to see a lot of the players you coach?
1: Yeah, we have over the years. Um, we have one player that we spend most Christmases with, and uh, we see a lot of the other players from time to time. And whenever we come back to uh, to Winnipeg to visit um and my wife is from here so she has family so we come back occasionally and uh, uh we see players when we get back so yeah it never goes away
0: do you still keep track of uh how the Westmen do year by year
1: i do well tanya the, the you know tanya mckay is uh is a former player that that i coached and um uh i'm always interested in how she's doing and and uh you know, offer my help whenever, whenever I can, if she wants me to help recruit in Ontario, I'll, I'll happy to do that.
0: So she's one win away from 500 as a coach. What does that milestone mean?
1: It's amazing. Uh, I remember, I remember that, uh, that feeling it's, um, I mean, if you think about it, it's quite an accomplishment, um, to win 500 games. It doesn't happen that often. Um, and, uh, you know there's a lot of coaches that have been coaching 30 years that have uh, not achieved that that uh, benchmark and um she's done very well um, i'm really proud of her she's um uh she's done a really good job at uh, at Winnipeg and uh she deserves um, she deserves to reach that uh, that mark
0: what was it like in the 90s when you were a part, right in the middle of that long win streak? Is that something that you were thinking about every game as you were getting into the 40s, the 50s, the 60s? Is it really, was it pressure to win to keep it going? No.
1: It's really interesting because, um, you know, I don't think that. I mean, here, here's the, the, the philosophy was simple. Once we got to, you know, around 30, then we realized it was pretty serious. But the fact of the matter is, we knew at some point we were going to lose. So why worry about it? And uh, I think that, that the, the team took, took on that attitude and we just played every game. And what was most interesting uh, uh, about that streak was when it ended. It ended uh, in the 89th game. A week later, we got on a plane and went to Hawaii and played uh, a Division One tournament. We beat Hawaii, Louisville, Troy State to win that tournament. We came back, didn't didn't lose another game and won our third championship. So we, after that streak ended, we won another thirty four games uh, straight, and that that to me was was significant because it showed me the character of those athletes that played on those teams. So it was it was special, um, you know. I, I probably appreciate how special it was after I finished coaching, uh, because when you're in when you're in the midst of it, you, you really don't think about it. You just do it. Uh, but after, after you finish coaching, you have time to reflect on, on, uh, on what, how, what a special kind of uh, event that was for, for everybody. And uh, not just the athletes and the coaches, but the fans. I mean, I can remember there were sellouts. I mean, we had people lining up to get into games, which was, uh, which was phenomenal for a women's team. And uh, it was exciting. There's no question about it. It was it was exciting, fun memories, um, something that we will never forget.
0: Has the women's university level of that kind of excitement been reached since in Canada?
1: Um, probably not, because it was so special. I mean, you know, um, it just was a it was just a unique. Kind of thing, and if you ask me why it happened, I I can't tell you. I mean, it's just, it's kind of. I mean, I had great. We had we had great athletes uh, with real character, but it just seemed. It just seemed to to me that the synergy of those teams was such that they were not going to lose most of the time
0: talking with Tom Kendall presided over the winningest era of Westman women's basketball, including that famous run of 88 straight in town for the Westman classic. That starts tomorrow. Now you were going to be inducted into the ring of honor with Sandra Carroll. What did she mean to the program?
1: Oh, uh, Sandra Carroll was, um, was probably, probably the most prolific scorer in, um, in, in college basketball in this country. And, um, she had a determination that was second to none, and uh, she would not be denied. Uh, that's just the truth of it. She could, you know, she, she was a, a prolific three-point shooter. She could go two for six in the first half and then six for six in the second half. She just, she just was that good, and uh, I, I, um, I consider it an honor to, be, to, to know that I coached her for, for that for five years. And, um, uh, she was, she was pretty special.
0: To see this tournament featuring women's basketball as the showcase, as the spotlight, what does that mean for the program?
1: Well, I always thought it was the spotlight. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, we, we, we never con- conceded that spotlight to the men's team ever. Um, and I think that was an attitude that we all had. We didn't, we really didn't care when the men's team were playing. Um, we felt that that when we were playing in the Westman Classic, we were the spotlight. And um, but I think I think it's great that the tournament is featured uh, for the women and just the women. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's terrific, and I hope um, I really hope that people come out and, and watch Tanya's team and and um, uh, see how good that they can be.
0: So, when you got the call that you're going to be inducted into this Ring of Honor, what was your reaction?
1: I was, um, I was a little flabbergasted. I, I, because uh, I didn't know they were going to do this. I think it's, it's, um, it's certainly time that they did something like this at Winnipeg because there's been so many great athletes over the over the you know past decades. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm so appreciative of the fact that that they, that they wanted to put myself and Sandra in first. Um, I I think that's quite an honor. And, um, I've always, um, you know, when I look back on my career and I've, I've been, I've worked at five universities, but whenever I think of where home is in terms of where I, where I would be most committed to it, it always has been the university of Winnipeg. And, um, uh, I'm just very, um, I'm just very honored to to uh, to be here to, tomorrow.
0: Well, Tom, welcome back to Winnipeg. I appreciate you taking time to join me tonight and have fun tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Christian. Right, appreciate then. it.
0: Winnipeg Ringette League hosting their 10th annual Boston Pizza Under 19 All Star Games and the Under 14 Skills Competition. Talk about this. We're joined by Al Gowerluck of the Winnipeg Ringette League. How are you tonight, Al? I'm doing great. Thanks, Christian. So tell me about the Winnipeg Ringette League. How many players participate in this league?
2: Uh, right now, we're probably just over 3,000. Um, it's uh, numbers are growing every year. This has become a uh, extremely popular sport, uh, participated, uh, mostly by girls. It's not hockey for girls. It's ringette. It's a totally different game. Um, and this Saturday at Seven Oaks Sports uh, Plex, we're going to have our... U fourteen skills competition sponsored by the Vicar Automotive Group, and the U nineteen All Star Games sponsored by Boston Pizza. And if anyone wants to come and see what this sport's all about, you can come down and see them uh, see them play on Saturday, starting at noon.
0: So the Winnipeg Ringette League covers all age groups, right?
2: Covers all age groups. We start at the ringette for U age, which is uh, used to be called bunnies, and it's like your under eight, under nine age, and we uh, see exactly how their talent is and how they can skate and play. Then we we put them into groups based on their skill and they play like that. Uh, Once they get into the uh, a little bit older, uh, they start to get tiered. uh, And we go into um, up to U19, which is that's what the all-star game is. And then after that, we have an adult division, which is called Open. And that's split up into five divisions based on skill and the 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 good thing about open is it doesn't matter where you live so you can play there are a lot of players we have that uh, have played through high school and then they stop playing to uh, go to university and start families and then they come back and start playing again and they can play with with their friends that they played in in high school with because it doesn't matter where you live so that's why it's called sport for life because it truly is a sport for light like person.
0: So for those who may not know, I've done stories on ringette before, so I've been able to witness some pretty good talent. But the explain like the key differences between ringette and hockey. I know there's a lot of them, but some people probably just think it's hockey, but instead of a puck, it's a ring with no blade on your stick.
2: Well yeah, it's 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 not a hockey stick. It's it's a specially designed. Uh, Ringette stick. It's got ribs on it to to grab the ring, and uh, the like. I said the shots are uh, very hard. Uh, You know, even at the U14 level, which we're going to be scoring with on uh, on uh, Saturday, um, these shots get to be 70, 80 miles per hour. And uh, that's from a U-14. Uh, so they are very fast. Uh, one of the biggest differences is you must pass over the blue line and you cannot pass it to yourself. So that makes the game, the ring always been called the fastest game on ice, and that's why it's the fastest game on ice because you have to pass over the blue line. And when you do that, just think how much faster the game is itself because forget about skating. Like when you start passing this uh, over the, every blue line, it becomes much faster game.
0: How many players are on the ice? Uh,
2: same, same as hockey. Okay. We had, uh five up front and a goalie. Um, you know, up to uh, eighteen uh, ro- or up to seventeen roster. Um, the uh, All Star game is going to show that we're going to have two divisions in the All Star game where we have the the U nineteen A one and the U nineteen. A two games, which would be uh, played at uh, 3.30 or at 2 o'clock and 3.30 respectively. And uh, prior to that will be the, um, the U14 skills competition. And it's so all that, if you can't make it down, it's going to be covered live on amateur sports TV, streamed live, so they can go to that. Um, Seven Oaks Arena, 745 Kingsbury Avenue, right by Garden City Shopping Centre, right by Canadian Tire, the 50-50 this year is going to our uh we are uh, we always have a uh, charity that we give to this year it's the Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation we give our half of the 50-50 to them and this year once again Vicker Automotive Group will match everything that Winnipeg Realty gives to Cancer Care Manitoba so they will get 100% of what we raise
0: that's great also a fog and laser show that's pretty cool
2: yeah we uh you know it's this is the 10th annual uh we wanted to do something something different um, one of our sponsors is uh, um, uh, Spark Rentals, and uh, they're providing a fog and laser show. We also have um, a spotlight. Uh, the uh, um, for as the players get introduced, every player, the U14s, the U19s, uh, they all get individually with through fog and laser. Then the uh, the spotlight follows them over, um, and it becomes just that much more of an event. It's, uh, we want to make this special for them. Uh, U19 is kind of the pinnacle of of the non-adult division, and this is where it is. And the, the players uh, get to keep the jerseys. Boston Pizza provides the jerseys for us every year. The players get to keep the jerseys every year. And uh, it's just a win-win for, for everyone involved.
0: All right, Al. Well, I appreciate you joining the CJW Sports Show tonight, and have fun. Good luck this weekend.
2: Thanks a lot, Christian. Take care. That's Thanks for having us on.
0: The Power Parlay. Philly, Joe, and I for Power Mornings, they're not doing it this week or next week because they have something called time off. But the Power Parlay started a couple weeks, I think the second week of this show. So we've done it 12 weeks. We had our second success this week. That's it. I know we're not doing so well. But last week I wanted to be funny and I thought, you know what? The NFL's burned me a couple times. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pick a college game with a stupid bull name. I picked the Cheez-It Bull, which happened last night. So Philly got his game right. Bengals with a remarkable backdoor cover against the Browns. They were getting blown out all day. Late touchdowns to lose by eight. The spread was nine and a half. Joe picked Pittsburgh. To cover in New Orleans, they did a great game. Saints get the win, but it means the Steelers will probably miss the playoffs. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So it came down to me. TCU against Cal in the Cheez-It Bowl last night. And I was going to bed because I had to get up at 540 to drive to Toronto to catch a flight back to Winnipeg. But all I could think about was the Cheez-It Bowl. How's TCU doing? So I pull it up on my phone. Late in the fourth quarter, the score is 7 7. I look into it. It's an awful football game. It is one of the worst football games you'll see. The over under was 36 and a half. Pound the under on that one. TCU's quarterback, Grayson Muhlstein. This was his final stat line 7 of 20 for 27 yards. And four interceptions. Two of them were on illegal forward passes. And two quarterbacks, both named Chase, starting for California. Chase Garbers and Chase Forrest both suck. Garbers, 12 of 19, 93 yards, three interceptions. Forrest, five of 14, 71 yards, two interceptions. Can't find his way out of a forest. Just terrible. Yet, someone had to win it. And it could be TCU. Would it be my team that I picked to win? Would we get this thing right? I don't have any money on this and I'm lying in bed. Just gutted. Come on TCU, pull it out. And there it is. They're driving late. Yeah, it's two best defenses in the country, but all of a sudden, TCU's running the ball well. They have a chance to win. Late. Last second field goal attempt. They send out a kid named Cole Bunce. And then California, they call a timeout. Ice the kicker. For some reason, he took him out of the game and then put him back in. He took off his helmet in frustration, and then the coach like, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Go back out there. Kick the field goal. Turns out, Bunce is a dunce, and he missed it. So we go to overtime. I'm sad because TCU's going to blow it. And then another hideous interception. Just a terrible interception. Almost a pick six. However, a TCU official tripped over the first down marker. They get called for sideline interference. And they have to start the ball at the 40. Ten plays later, they're at the 10-yard line. And they get it done. TCU wins the Cheez-It Bowl. Yes. What a horrible, horrible, horrible football game. Neither team broke 300 yards. And it was a roller coaster as a person that didn't even have money on it. And this is the thing about gambling. It draws you in to watch these just terrible sports games. Like this weekend... There are a number of NFL games that do not mean a dang thing that people will be heavily interested in. Why? Because of money that they're putting on a team that doesn't care about the game to win. And we watch. And this is why football does so well. It's so popular because people have money on it, gambling. And that's why you watch these 38 bowl games like the Cheez-It Bowl. Also, bowl of Cheez-Its, way more enjoyable than this football game. I haven't had Cheez-It in years. It's like a salty kind of okay cracker. But guess what? Okay, way better than this game. Yeah, the defenses were good. Very good. The defenses were Gouda, you might say. But it was just a remarkably... Awful experience. It's one of those games, and this happens sometimes, where it's so bad that you can't look away. And these nine interceptions that were thrown by the two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks in total, they were all egregious. They weren't just good defensive plays. It was he's looking down, looking at the receiver, looking at the receiver, keeps looking at the receiver, throws to that receiver, and there's three guys there. One of them picks it off. It's just terrible. But you've got to believe that I got very excited when TCU got the win. 17 total points. Yes, take the under, folks. There's still a lot of good bowl games coming up. Saturday is the big one. The two national semifinals, Clemson-Notre Dame, Oklahoma-Alabama, with a trip to the national championship on the line. That's going to be high-quality football. I think the Oklahoma-Alabama game is going to be amazing. I think Clemson-Notre Dame... Maybe not so much, but they don't have cool names like the Cheez-It Bowl. Nothing will ever top the Cheez-It Bowl. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mel and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes. Not available on Google Podcasts. Not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.